This is the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. Alaska Airlines Frequent Flyer Program partners with points to sell mileage plan miles to its members. Frequent bonuses and discount offers are great incentives to buy miles. So get started by clicking the link in my show notes. I have flown Alaska Airlines so many times. I I went to University of Oregon. That was the airline of choice because I had to get to Eugene. So click on the link in my show notes to learn more about how you can utilize those frequent flyer program partners with points. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Colton Medici. Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra Colton Medici. You can listen to the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements, coaching programs, working one-on-one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. This is episode 43, and I am so privileged to have my very good friend on the episode with me today. Her name is Jillian Shoney, and she is the executive director of Emerge Oregon. She has worked in politics on the local level all throughout national politics as well, and she is going to be talking about the importance of female empowerment in politics. And we're going to chit chat a little bit about our backgrounds together as cheerleaders at the University of Oregon as well. I'm so happy to have her on the podcast. I found some great design websites for you to use right now in your business. So I want you to search online in your browser, Moyo Studio. Another one is reshot.com. One more is called colors.tools. And the last is called draw.io. Check the show notes for all the links. College of Style is ready with a great shopping experience for you this holiday season. And better yet, to say thank you for shopping my store, use the discount code HELLO15 to get 15% off of your first order. Visit shopcollegeofstyle.com and type in HELLO15 at checkout. And then tag me on socials and let me know how you like your purchase. Welcome back to Sweet Bites with Sandra. My name is Sandra colton DC, and I am joined by my longtime friend, Jillian Shoney. She is way up there in Portland, Oregon, and I'm so glad that she is with us today. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. She has done so many great things, and she's behind a lot of the people that you probably know and um, have maybe even voted for because <laughs> she works in the politics side of communications and she has worked with some people like Governor Kulingowski, John Kitzhaber, Susan Bonamici, Hillary for America campaign. I mean, there are so many high profile people that you have worked with that I look at myself and I go, I haven't done anything <laughs> when I think about your resume. Um, so working with these types of people who have, you know, they're, they're looking for high level political positions, you know, governor, president. Um, so where do you, where do you situate, situate your, your own personal politics with how you're moving somebody else's forward? Well, let me say this. I don't work for anyone unless my values 
largely aligned with them. I mean, none of us agree 100% with another human being, but the, the people I have had um, the honor to work for are people I also chose to work for. And I think um, if there is any moment in recent history where we can point to and say, holy hell, it matters <laughs> who's in office. <laughs> inside government, right? It's, it's right now. So what exactly, as far as like when you get into, um, your role, like what, yeah. if you could just describe, like, what exactly do you do for someone that comes to you? Um, whether it's, uh, a, a, you know, a local campaign or, or someone who's, you know, running for high office, um, what would you say that you could provide for them? Well, I think in my current role, I'm actually bringing people in like, awesome people who are out there in their communities doing good work and their values very clearly show that they care about people and people being able to lead successful lives for themselves and their families. So I pull them in, I get them some training, and then we help align their values, what they're passionate about with an elected office because they all have their uh, different jurisdictions and issues that they tend to tackle. And so we are bringing new people in who have never even thought about serving their communities in this way in elected office um, and just giving them the tools and the skills to go on and run a successful campaign. Nice. Well, so you've been a part of a lot of successful campaigns. So what do you think is the secret sauce? What is the one thing that has kind of that through line through all of those different campaigns that you're like, that, I mean, obviously Hillary didn't win, but <laughs> she, well, I, I shouldn't say that because the numbers don't lie, but, <laughs> but when you think of a through line through all of the campaigns, what is the, the, the one thing that you can say, ah, that thing I can put my finger on. That was one of the things that I can see worked in every single one. Voter contact on the doors. I mean, especially here in Oregon for the, and, and, and that requires hard work. So you've got to have, or be a committed candidate who is willing to put in the time, energy, and effort to meet people where they are at. And here in Oregon, you know, we do a lot of knocking on doors. Of course, year of COVID has been quite different, but um, yeah, I mean, the win is directly correlated to those hours on the doors talking to real people. Well, so how do you knock on doors in a digital era? We don't, I mean, <laughs> I mean, because that's the thing I feel like is a, is a, you know, a, a missing piece for moving forward because a lot of people are like, yeah, well, we didn't have to do it this time. So we probably don't have to do it next time. So what are we going to figure out is a half, you know, meet me halfway between. We are going, here's the thing. You have to meet voters um, in a variety of ways. And the voter audience these days is increasingly, um, what's the word I'm looking at? They're all in different places, but you know, getting back on the doors is definitely going to happen, but candidates are still going to be calling and texting and engaging digitally on social media. You know, we did do virtual door knocks this year. We're using on Facebook or social or like Facebook Messenger or the other platforms where, you know, you're trying to pull people in um, digitally. So there was a lot of voter contact going on in that realm. Um, in addition to, of course, direct mail, direct mail is still a critical piece, um, especially in a vote by mail state, right? You're gonna send, you get your ballot in the mail, you better send the voter some information on paper as well. So yeah. you've got to really, um, the, uh, 
the, the voting audience is very fragmented across a variety of platforms and, um, and you just have to do it all. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes people forget pieces. Um, you know, they do, they do what they like and this is in business too. They do what they like. So they, you know, they're really great on email, but they're not good on social or they're good on social, but they're not good at, you know, the direct mail or, you know, there's a piece that's always missing and it's kind of, um, you know, across the board, if you, you know, fill in those gaps, then, you know, you have a cohesive message. So when you're thinking about, you know, the political arena, you know, you were deputy communications director for governor, um, Kulingowski, communications director for John Kibbs-Hopper, governor um, and for governor, excuse me, and for Susan Bonamici for Congress. So, I mean, those are different entities, Congress versus the state level governor versus, um, you know, being in communications or even working for the Hillary for um, America campaign. You know, how do you find your footing um, and your voice? I mean, you're, you're a woman, you um, are in probably a mostly male, you know, dominated campaign areas. Where do you see your, yourself pushing out of that kind of like hub and seeing yourself elevate that voice? Well, I would, my career, I actually, I want to point something out. I actually started before I jumped to the campaign side, I first worked for elected officials. So I was working inside government and then I jumped to the campaign side. Right. Cause you were in DC for a while, right? Right. Um, I've bounced back and forth between Oregon and DC. And the value in that is when I'm recruiting somebody in to run, training them up or supporting them on the campaign trail in my, you know, free time or under, you know, in various roles that I've had, I know what I'm signing them up for and what they're signing up for. And being an elected official is not an easy job. Um, you, you are constantly bombarded with tons of, you know, information and requests and, you know, you've got to do, um, yes, you've got to cast that vote, but all of these elected officials are, are also providing constituent services, helping people navigate government and yeah. getting them to the right place, getting them good information so they know where to go for, you know, that business license mm -hmm. or, you know, you know, um, um, a benefit like healthcare or food mm -hmm. stamp, you know, whatever it is, um, helping people navigate government is a big part of the job, that, that public facing part of the job, which is so rewarding. When you get mm -hmm. people what they need from the government that they're helping to pay for, it's, it's incredibly rewarding. Well, so you were talking about helping people basically find their voice and serve the community. So what is one of the things that you hear all the time from people who may or may never, or may not have ever um, been in you know, community service or, or even government, and they haven't taken that leap yet. And, you know, what's their biggest fear of doing that? I think- Or what's holding them back, I should say. <laughs> well, yes, of course, the public speaking part. I mean, I think we know ourselves, but it's all pretty much like in our head or our opinions about various issues. It's in our head. The second you start answering questions or telling a story out loud, like it's different. It's harder. You have to practice it. And so how, what we put a lot of time into is how do you want to tell your story down to the exact words you want to use that people can connect with, right? So you have to do storytelling and answer any question in a way that people can understand. No one is a natural at it. There are some people who learn that skill very quickly, but most, the vast majority of people, there's a learning curve to it. 
Definitely. Well, so I know that we have, um, we've been friends for a long time. I haven't talked to you in a long time. So I feel like I'm getting to, you know, at least know a little bit more about what you've done. Um, but what is a buzzword that you've heard in meetings or on the Hill or wherever you, you know, in those, those tight moments where you're like, I don't want to hear that again. I, I think we need to be replacing this with something else because some people have told me viral. Some people have told me, um, I don't want to hear the big idea anymore. Um, you know, what's a, a word that you've heard way too often. And I'm not talking about the pandemic, um, but something in your, you know, work circles that you would replace. This is, I'm, I'm going to use an example. It's not a bad word. It's actually a very good word. But um, for people who go on to run for public office, they definitely have to unpackage it. And that is social justice. We are pulling a lot of people into running for office right now who come from the social justice advocacy world. And when it comes to um, making our systems of government and our institutions and our public policies more equitable, you really have to unpackage that statement. Are you talking about housing? Are you talking about healthcare disparities? What exactly you know, are you going to do to make things better, to change our systems so that they serve all people better and especially the people who need it, who've been historically left out? So that I think in politics, there's a lot of social justice language where we need to start getting specific because that's how we'll get to the solutions and engaging community on that so that they actually work when we go to implement them. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've heard a lot of people, I mean, and even when people talk about defunding the police, I feel like that statement is so loaded in the in a right. in a negative context. context. Right. And I know that when I've kind of delved into it a little bit more. That's not exactly what people are asking for. Um, so, and but it's a it's a it's a hot button. You know, it's a, to press. People love to press it. And so, um, social social justice is across the board from you know the people who are still living with bad water in Flint, um, you know, to the people ravaged from hurricanes in Puerto Rico. To I mean, just as far as um, the situation, and and then you get into police shootings and and all of those things as well that have kind of had that uprising this, you know, in 2020. So when you're thinking about, you know, messaging, you know, do you help cultivate someone's message or do you give them a message to then work around with their own story? Like, how does that work? First, I usually start in listening mode. So I will sit down with a, a candidate and say, tell me your story from the day you were born until right now. And within that, you will find just various little nuggets. And it's like, that's your story. That's what you open up with. So let's talk about how you tell that story. And so there's a lot of back and forth um, with it at first when, um, when I begin to work with them. And then from that story, that story, what it does is really give them an opportunity to then bridge to the values that they hold today and the values that they will live by when they're in office and what they're going to work on. Mm -hmm. And it is through that storytelling and that demonstrates their values or where their values came from or what drives them um, every day to want to, you know, protect or change something in their community. That's where we start because that's just how humans can connect and remember things is largely when something is wrapped in a narrative. Well, so when does, um, when does the messaging stop? <laughs> because I feel like 
there's only so much you can do to sway someone to vote for you, so to speak. And so when you are, um, you know, navigating those waters of, you know, direct mail to, you know, social media to knocking on doors, like, when do you end that and just say, we've done what we can do? Uh, well, so you sort of have your, your core message and your values and all this content that you've created and you stick to it, right? The rinse and repeat across a variety of platforms and mediums, right? But you keep communicating all the way through election day, right? Because I mean, especially here in Oregon, where we essentially have a, you know, a three week election day, there are people who, you know, for the last 20 years, when we put vote by mail in, you know, people are voting. And so you've got to be communicating up all the way for months until those ballots drop. And for most people, that's when they start paying attention. That ballot is in their hand. So you've got to then run, you know, all the way through election day. So it does not stop until about 8 p.m. on election day. <laughs> and then what is the first? I know. What is the first thing that you do when 8 p.m. hits? Like what's, what's your, I mean, are you looking at numbers? Like what's your process? Uh, yeah, here in Oregon, you know, everything has been online and there is actually one place for the, our Oregon secretary of state, who's in charge of our elections. There's a map and you know, can, you can go and click on it and get down to every race that is there. So, and I think this is probably similar across the country, I would like to think, but there's a lot of refreshing. <laughs> Just, you're like, get a strong <laughs> signal for sure on election night, for sure. Well, so what are some of the best practices for someone who's trying to get into, <clears throat> excuse me, someone who's trying to get into what you're doing? Um, and I, or maybe go back to when you first left, I think it was right out of college, you went to DC. So talk about that decision um, and how you made a decision to go to DC and maybe some of the things that you learned there. Well, I'll tell you how I... <laughs> how I got there. So um, in college, I actually wanted to be a teacher. So I was accepted into graduate school. And then two weeks before that started, I was like, oh my God, I don't know anything about the real world. How am I going to be in a classroom? Because I knew I didn't want to just teach from a textbook. So I'm like, I decided against that. And I knew that I loved sort of politics and government. So I went in, um, to Congressman Peter DeFazio's district office down in Eugene and said, hey, I've decided not to go to grad school. Can I work here for free? <laughs> and of so course. I was given an internship that lasted three months. And then they ended up hiring me on for a very specific project. Um, and that's sort of where it took off because I fell in love with helping people navigate government. I was actually working with veterans and service members at that time and continued that work for a while to... Um, help service members navigate life after they left and the Veterans Administration and getting them the, the benefits that they've earned and deserve. And so I just really, it was from that point forward that I just really loved working with real people to get them what they needed. And then I sort of from there jumped into the public facing work for these elected officials, the media relations and the communications around that. Nice. Well, that is, I mean, to leave. So you never, I'm just struggling with the whole grad school thing. Like, what did your parents say? <laughs> oh, they didn't care. I mean, I, they cut me off. Okay. Oh, they did? I worked at a coffee shop for like money and healthcare. 
Nice. Until, you know, I was a paid employee and then of course had, had benefits. But yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I had to work at a coffee shop right after college. That's okay. That's, that's many people's first job. I mean, I think I worked for um, Wells Fargo Financial. I was doing second mortgages right out of college. So, <laughs> hey, whatever works. Um, go oh, ahead. I'm going to share with you. There was a time period when I was in my first paid gig, but I needed some extra cash. So I worked for Wells Fargo processing ATM deposits in the middle of the night. What? I do it right after. Oh, because of business. Night? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or something. Wow. <laughs> Wells Fargo. So what do you think are two things that people should um, think about when they're deciding to run for office? They really need to think about their community and right. Cause yes, their name is on the ballot. Yes. They'll be in that position of power and that power is loaned, Right. For the time period that they're in that position, and it can be taken away by voters at any time. So, just having respect and a high level of awareness that you are working for your community, and really, you know, is it you? And and many oftentimes it is, but is it how you want to serve your community? Because there are a variety of ways to help people in your community, whether it's nonprofit volunteerism or working for a nonprofit or a public board or commission, like there's lots of ways. Elected office is just one, but um, we ask our women in particular, like, you know, what is it that you want to do to protect or change about your community? And is this the right way to do that? Well, I think that you have so much, I feel like I could talk to you for like an hour, Um, (laughs) but I wanted to ask you something that might be humorous um, that you've experienced in politics that is like an experience maybe on election or throughout a campaign that you were like, this really just happened. Um, Do you have any experience like that that you could share with us? Oh, goodness. I mean, all this time. I'll just I'm tell so you scared what. right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to okay. leave it all names. But let's just okay. say there was a speech given by a certain elected official that I was working for. And it was horrible in a humorous way, not a hurtful way. So I want to make that clear. But as I'm watching it happen, I mean, it was like watching a train wreck. And I knew um that I would get media calls but it's that that first meeting when I saw you know the caller ID and I knew it was the statewide newspaper calling I literally begged that reporter I was like this is my one favor I'm on my knees I'm begging you not to write a story about just what happened they (laughs) They write the story though they wrote the story on the front page of the statewide newspaper but it was like the one time where I was like begging the reporter not to write the story and this must have been newsworthy though so you know what they say all press is good press (laughs) even bad press um well so um i wanted to ask you a few more um when you're thinking about leading change because you have worked for both men and women as far as candidates um what are some of the um things that women candidates need to prioritize as they are um, formulating their messaging and their leadership strategy? Do you, do you find anything? Cause I feel like women are 
are going to lead the change for this country. Um, So what do you think are some of the things as far as what candidates who are women who are just starting out or even midstream of, you know, maybe have run a few times need to prioritize in their messaging strategy? Well, I think um, because our history or the numbers, the data shows, right, we haven't had um, the representation of women in office at all levels for, you know, 400 plus years. <laughs> um, but I think our stories as women are so important, right? Like when you think about reproductive health care, which is an easy one to point to, right? The laws in this country and the health care that's been provided from the medical community, right, has not met our needs, right? And so the more women who run and share those stories, that is where change starts. Exactly. So whether it's healthcare or any other lived experience, you know, being a, a parent mm-hmm. or a care provider for, you know, your parents, like all of those things where for a variety of reasons have largely been um, harmful to women or women have, you know, owned like on the home front or whatever, like telling those stories so that people see themselves right in you. Exactly. Oh, that's also happened to me, or that is happening to me. We need to change that. And we need that woman's voice to represent all of us, right? In, at this particular level of government to create that change. Exactly. What inspires you every single day, um, just to get up and do what you do? The women I need. So right now I through Emerge Oregon and, and we're, there are various chapters across the country. So wherever you're listening in from, there might be one in your state. Um, just Google it. You'll find it. Um, but um, I get to meet women from across the state. Like it just, I constantly every day get to um, meet new people and hear what they're about and hear about their life and how much they care and want to contribute. So it's just, they feed me every day. (laughs) That's amazing because I mean, the amount of people and inspiration that you can get in just from your job. I mean, a lot of people don't get that kind of inspiration from their job. So it's great that you can have that, that kind of get up and go and motivation to do what you do. Um, The other question I always ask a lot of people is what are you using every single day? It can be anything from tech side to home side. What are you doing every single day? Well, we, in this job, I now do, I manage a network of over 300 women. And these days you, I, for all of our love hate relationships with social media, I mean, I will say that is a tool that I use every day because it's the way I can keep over 300 people up to date and engaged. And so I I do use that tool every day. It's, you know, email just doesn't quite cut it, honestly. So yeah. That's okay. Um, Email. I love email though. I always, I feel like I bring people off social to my email uh, because I feel like it's way easier to keep track of sometimes. Um, But I definitely feel like I might hit somebody a little bit faster because they're checking their, their socials, (laughs) you know? And I think for me, it's a rapid communication thing. I have all these bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. So while I do use email as a tool, it's for like the big announcement things. And it's the day-to-day tidbits that they need to know about this going on or register for this here, or I need something from them. Social media is my go-to. Nice. 
the last question that I wanted to ask you is, is there a, um, a politician or business leader or someone, someone that you've worked with that you think is, you know, your favorite person to work with over your entire career so far? Well, let me just, I just want to say Kamala Harris for a second, because I am so freaking excited just about her being our vice president and watching her going forward. Um, but, you know, I would have to say like here in Oregon, um, you know, we're a bluer state. So we just, we have a lot of good Democrats in office. And so there's, there's too many to name, but I think what excites me most is women in executive positions. So like women mayors, I love, we need more women mayors running the show <laughs> um, in very inclusive and transparent ways, but throughout cities in our state. And so that the women in executive positions is, is really something that I love. How can people find you or if they want to uh, participate in their community? I know that you said that there's one in a you know variety of states. Um, so where should they locate um, you or your organization? Well, you, if you Google Emerge Oregon, we will pop up, but the URL is emergeor.org. And, um, but if you just Google Emerge, you can find the variety of chapters across this country and also our national um, association, um, sort of our umbrella organization. Um, so we really are easy to find. So my last one, because this is my last, last question is, if Kamala or Kamala's office calls, are you going? I would totally work for Kamala. I mean, I have a child in public school here in Oregon, so I probably, can I work remotely? Everyone can work remotely. No. no. So, you know, they have, you know, teams, uh, political teams based across the country. So I would be, you know, West Coast Kamala Harris. I love you. I'll take that job. Well, you keep this one and, and then have it on the side, you know? Um, well, so thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. So good to spend this time with you. Is your business not connecting or converting your followers online? Book your brand audit today by visiting collegeofstyle.link forward slash brand audit. I look forward to working with you to move the needle on your business and jumpstart your 2022 with strategic messaging and up-leveled visual branding. Click the link and I'll talk to you soon. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.